grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, he is risen. He is risen the word of God which engages us today is the epistle lesson read previously, but especially verse 1 of 1 John chapter 3, where John writes, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, I want to pretend with you for a moment that I don't know you. I've never met you. I have no idea who you are. And so if I were to come to each of you and ask you the simple question, who are you? I suspect that most, if not all of you, would respond by simply stating your name to me. But then what if I responded, okay, but beyond your name, who are you? What is your identity? After some frustration and perhaps even a little anger with me, some of you might respond according to your employment or your station in life. You might say something like, I'm an accountant, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, I'm an engineer. Some of you might say, I'm a student. Some of you might say, I'm retired. Others of you might say, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Their list of locations and vocations that we have could go on and on. Each of us has many different vocations and many other roles in life. And yet, in our epistle lesson for today, John lets us know that all of us share one particular identity. No matter how many other vocations and roles we have in life, if someone were to come up to each of us and ask us the question, who are you? Each of us could truthfully say, I am a child of God. But unfortunately, each of us also has something else in common with that identity, a child of God, in that we were not conceived and born a child of God. None of us were. Instead, John tells us elsewhere that we were conceived and born into the darkness of sin. And what's more, we loved the darkness rather than the light. Each of us was conceived and born in a state of eternal condemnation, before God. And if we want someone other than John to weigh in, we can turn to Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, who tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and that we were by nature children of wrath, not children of God. Children conceived and born under the wrath of God, because of our sin. And just as a dead person can do nothing to help their condition or change their condition, so we, who were spiritually dead, could do nothing to change or improve our condition. But thanks be to God, 
He intervened on our behalf. John begins our epistle lesson for today by giving us a command to see. In other words, to to look at, to behold, to take note of what kind of love the Father has given to us. Now, before we discuss what kind of love this is, it is so very beneficial. It is such a blessing for us to stop, to pause right here, and to remember and be reminded again that God loves each of us and that God loves you. In this world, with its daily hectic pace of activity, with all of its disappointments and frustrations, at times we can just become worn down to the point where we are exhausted and spent physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But no matter how busy you are, No matter how disappointed or frustrated you are on any given day, no matter what else is going on in your life, God loves you. And nobody can take that from you, and nothing can change that. How beautifully Paul expresses that same truth at the end of Romans chapter 8 when he writes, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are loved by God, both now and for eternity. But what kind of love is this? You can just sense that when John uses this terminology, what kind of love, he is referring to something that is incredibly glorious and incredibly wonderful. And so it is. For it is this love on the part of God that has moved him to do everything that is necessary to make you a child of God. You see, with God, love is not merely an emotion or a feeling. It always results in him taking action on behalf of his people. And so it is that love that moved him to send and to give up that which was most precious to him, namely his only begotten Son, with whom he was well pleased. John summarizes it so well in his gospel. In probably the best-known Bible passage in all of Scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the love that the Father has for the world and for you is mirrored in the love that the Son has for you as well. Jesus testified to how broad and how deep his love is for you when he said, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you. 
laid down his life willingly, voluntarily for you. And in so doing, paid the price not only for the initial sinful condition into which you were conceived and born, but for every sin of thought, word, and deed that you ever have committed and ever will commit. What kind of love is this? Look no further than the cross, and you will see the clearest demonstration of God's love for you. And after all, it is only through the crucified and risen Lord that we have access to the Father at all. It is only through the crucified and risen Lord that we can be adopted into the family of God, and it is only through the crucified and risen Lord that we are children of God. What kind of love is this? It's a love that through the water and word of baptism gave to you everything that Christ has purchased and won for you. It's a love that through baptism took us from being children who were born into darkness to being children who are living in the light. It took us from being children who were already condemned to being children whose eternal salvation has already begun. It took us from being children of wrath to being children of God. What kind of love is this? Perhaps the most amazing aspect of this love is that it is undeserved or unmerited by each one of us. It's called God's grace, his undeserved, unmerited love for sinners like you and me. He simply gives his love to us as a gift. Remember what John said? See what kind of love the Father has given to us. He simply loves us. It is not a love that, first of all, demands that we measure up to a certain moral standard of our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And it's not a love that was based upon something that you would or would not do. He simply loves us. He simply loves you. Don't bother to ask why. You can't explain it or fathom it or understand it. Just know that he loves you and that you are not only called a child of God, you are a child of God. That's what you are as you sit here today. And yet in our text there is an aspect of what we might call the now and the not yet. For John also writes that what we will be has not yet appeared. In other words, it hasn't come to full fruition. But not to worry. It will be marvelous and it will be magnificent. For John also writes that when he, Christ, comes, we will be like him. Like him, in that we will be holy and pure and righteous. Like him, in that we will have glorious new bodies, no longer impacted by the corruption of sin on God's creation. 
like him, in that we will never die again. All because of the kind of love that God has given to you, so that you may be called a child of God. And so you are. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.